Welcome to the Eastern Conference Roundup Edition of the Locked On NHL Podcast. Every Wednesday, we discuss everything going on in the Eastern Conference, but this week, it's about what could go on. We're going to talk buyout candidates, trade rumors, and, oh yeah, that Connor Bedard kid's getting drafted in one week today. That's all coming up on today's edition of the Locked On NHL Podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of the Locked On NHL Podcast, your team every day. Today is Wednesday, June 21st. It's always on Wednesdays, Battle of Ontario edition of the show. I'm Ross Levitan. You can find me five days a week over at Locked On Senators. Same goes for my co-host, Mike DiStefano, over at Locked On Maple Leafs. We want to, again, thank everyone for making us your first listen every day. And also, joining us every day, the road to the NHL draft continues. Local experts on the biggest stories all across the Locked On Podcast Network. And today's episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. The FanDuel Sportsbook is the official sportsbook of Locked On. You can make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. Mike, what's going on, buddy? It's been a while. Last week had Gil filling in for me, but now things seem to be heating up in Leafland and all over the National Hockey League. Yeah, lots of stuff going on in the NHL. It's silly season. It's the off season. This is really where uh, this is where the fun is. To be honest with you, it's it's obviously the Cup final was great, and it was nice to see Vegas roll through there. But now it's it's time where you know the news and rumors start to swirl and speculation time, and that's that's really the the fun of this business, I'd say. Oh, it's the best. Like some people would say the off season is even more fun than in season when we're just talking about the games. I love talking about power plays, pucks in deep and this and that, but the dramatic aspect of the off season is to behold. And right now it's the buyout candidates that are really taking center stage and trade rumors in the background. And we know the NHL draft when all the general managers and all the executives are in one place this year being Nashville, Tennessee, then things can get crazy. Like we saw that one day right before the draft where Stamkos re-signed, Subban got traded for Weber. And I believe there was one other thing that happened that day. What was it? Taylor Hall and Larson. Thank you. I knew it. One of the best days going. And just you get so fired up for this time of year for so many reasons. This uh, buyout season, though, is just like kind of the, the amuse-bouche. It's a little appetizer before the main course. We've seen three buyouts so far. All in the Western Conference, Oliver Ekman-Larsen, most notably, he's going to be getting paid for, what, 10 years now, seems like, and he'll get another contract somewhere else. But in the East, is there anyone who you think needs to be bought out? Yeah, I think there's a few guys. Like, if you look around the Eastern Conference and you take a look at the cap-friendly page, you'll see some teams. There's not a whole lot of cap space going into next season. So that's kind of where you start looking, okay, where can they try and get cap space. I mean, obviously if they could find takers for guys with these contracts, they'll try to trade them if it doesn't cost them uh, a large asset to do so. But most of them, you're going to have to go to a buyout. And, you know, a team that I'm kind of looking at right now is, is the Boston Bruins. Like there's not a whole lot of cap space that they have available, but they only have, uh, what do they have right now? Four million project five ish million that they're supposed to have in cap space, but they only have 15 players under contract and that's not including potentially Patrice Bergeron or a Krejci 
Uh, they've got some other players that need to get signed. That's a team where I look and I say, okay, Mike Riley. Mike Riley is somebody who certainly is a potential bio candidate. I would think create a couple more million dollars in cap space for them that they so desperately need right now. He's supposed to be making three million bucks next season. So if they can try and save on that next year, I'm just trying to do the math on what exactly his uh, buyout would look like, but that would be the a big name well, that I'd be looking at. I got it right here. So that buyout would save them two point six six million in uh, in cap. So their cap hit this year would only be three hundred and thirty three thousand, and it would go up to one point three three next year. So it's a deal that has three million dollars left on it. But certainly in the immediate future, which is what all the Boston Bruins should care about right now in a still win now mode coming off a historic season that ended with a thud in the first round against the Florida Panthers. I think that they need to make that extra room. I was shocked when he got that contract in the first place, not to make this a hate on Mike Riley show. He's certainly a useful player, but he was with my Ottawa senators in the heart of their rebuild. And I was like, okay, he's a top four defenseman on this senators team. Sure. But on a competing team, I see him as like a seven, a guy who like could find his way into the lineup as like a power play specialist and play 10 minutes a game at even strength. So I'm almost surprised that he started that contract as decently as he did. I mean, 17 points, an average player, but all in all, it's been a disappointment. Let's not kid ourselves overall. And they didn't even give up that much to get him. I want to say it was a third or fourth round pick, but man, now it's looking at a, at a cap crunch. And a part of it is because the way they structured Patrice Bergeron's 35-plus contract was a bunch of performance bonuses. So those now hit this year's cap. So most teams, it's 90, 91.5 per, uh, is the cap, right? Uh, 80, 83.5. 83.5. Where am I getting 91? Is that what it's supposed to be? In like three years, I think it's supposed to be that. Or maybe that's what Vegas oh. had their cap at. No, Well, yeah, maybe it is. <laughs> but theirs is, is down further than it is for uh, for most in the National Hockey League. Why? I'm so confused. $82.5 million, You're right. So they're even less, though, because of the extra money from Bergeron was going against this year's cap. So I don't know how they're going to figure it out. It's a uh, the carryover bonus. Mikey is $4.5 million from last season for their own. So they're paying for the historic season last year. Yeah. Yeah, they certainly are. So there's going to be some tough decisions, but that one, I mean, Mike Riley was playing in the minors this yeah. year in Providence. So you can't have uh, you know, a $2 million cap hit on your books playing in the minors. So I know you can bury, it was a 1.25 million of it in the minors, but that means the remaining dollars is, on your real cap. So it makes a lot of sense for Mike Riley to be a, a bio candidate if they can't find a, a taker for his contract. And what about Matt Murray? Yeah, that one's uh that, that that's definitely an interesting conversation. Look, I, I've been of the belief that this is a bio candidate through and through. Um, he, you would get a, a cap savings of nearly $5 million if you're the Maple Leafs by buying out Matt Murray and then it would cost you $2 million the next season as a dead cap charge. But honestly, it's, it's, it's going to be way too difficult of a contract to trade. I know I've heard a lot of people come out on, on Leafs, or Leafs Twitter and go out and say, hey, we should you know trade the contract instead so you don't have that cap charge. But do you know what it would cost for someone to take on this team? I mean, what it cost for them to move on from Patrick Marlowe, which was $6 million in cash, 
which happens to be the exact same amount that Matt Murray would cost, was a top 15 pick in the draft a couple of years ago. So it would cost the Leafs a first-round pick guaranteed to move off this Matt Murray deal for have someone to take that contract on and have to pay him the $6 million in cash to probably take a back seat and play, what, six, seven games that next season? Like, who knows what the situation will look like for him. But, yeah, I, I think that uh, a buyout is, is certainly likely to happen for Matt Murray and the Maple Leafs. Well, it would even save some money for, for my Ottawa Senators. They'd save $1.3 million this year, but then they would get doinked next year at 666000 But ironically, next year in the Colin White buyout, for some reason, they save 875000 next year, and then it goes back to paying 800000 for the rest of the deal. So that's just the inner workings of, of whatever that is. But it would basically buy them Eric Branstrom if they, if they do end up seeing a Matt Murray buyout for the Leafs. And keep in mind, too, that, you know, the cap crunch is only going to last for one more year. So the expectation is that the cap will make a big jump, five, six million dollars. Maybe not the 1.5? Maybe, maybe. I doubt it gets that high in one year. But at some point, I think we'll get to 91.5. But I've heard 87. I I think that was Vegas's cap when they won the cup. That must have been it. They were $91.5 million. AAV, but they did so much, you know, maneuvering with their cap and, and putting guys on LTIR and whatnot, Mark Stone, that they were able to stay underneath the cap and whatnot. Yeah, they found enough loopholes. I think their total, though, was like 91.5 million. I think that's where you got that number from. But uh, just keep in mind that a couple of years from now, sure, there's going to be a $2 million cap hit for Matt Murray for the Maple Leafs. But if the cap jumps five, six million, like the expectation is, um, that won't be nearly as as harmful, I guess, as as you would think. Last year, there were seven buyouts. Two from the Ottawa Senators, Michael Delzato. What a mistake that was. And Colin White, the Chicago Blackhawks had bought out Brett Connolly and Henrik Bjorkstrom. And uh, Oscar Lindblom was bought out from the Philadelphia Flyers, as well as Yanni Kukkonen. So no big names last year. And this year, as we mentioned, a $17 million buyout for Oliver ekman Larson. It's actually almost $20 million, but the Arizona Coyotes are going to have to eat 2.32 of that with the retained salary. The Coyotes are also the other team to make another buyout. So the money's moving around down in the desert. So ekman Larson, by association, is, is uh, going to hold a retained salary position for the Yotes. So um, maybe they won't be able to add their next Chris Pronger, their next Pavel Datsuk. You know, they, they're, they've made a, a mockery of being able to add these guys to their uh, their contract situation. So we'll see if that changes. But today the announcement was Zach Cassian and Patrick Nemeth are both on the chopping block. Each had one year left on their deal. Pa- Zach Cassian somehow was making $3.2 million And oh, Patrick Nemeth was making two point five. So um, they were certainly... NHL players. I'll leave it at that. I'll give you two more names in the East that I think uh, are potential bio candidates. One being um, Mikhail Granlund, who was traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins last season. He was awful once he got to Pittsburgh. And with new management in the fold, you know, maybe they want to open up some cap space. They got to sign a goaltender and get some, you know, get some more youth into that uh, into that team, I think. So that is a way that they could create some cap space for old Kyle Dubas to do some work. And another one that I've kind of heard, which would be interesting is Anthony Mantha of the Washington Capitals. Like 
they gave up so much to get him like Verana plus picks. And it was a crazy trade at the time. That was kind of the first, you know, Jedi Iserman move we saw in Detroit. And uh, it just hasn't worked out for Mantha in Washington. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. And if they're a team that wants to try and keep going at it with this Ovechkin, Backstrom, Carlson core, they're going to need to open up some cap space as well. And a potential way to do that is to move off of uh, Anthony Mantha, who's making a, a decent chunk of change. So that's another name that I've kind of seen thrown out there as a bio candidate. I have the hottest of hot takes when it comes to the Washington Capitals and the NHL draft. Remind me of that later in the show. We're going to finish off talking a little NHL draft. We've been covering it locked on Senators top to bottom, despite the Sens' first pick being at 108th overall. Why then? Are we caring so much? One, I just love the NHL draft. And two, reports out of Ottawa today say that the Sens are looking at a first-round pick as a part of a package for Alex to bring it. What other trades could be on the horizon? We'll get into that next. You're listening to Locked On NHL. Today's episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. The FanDuel Sportsbook is the official Sportsbook of Locked On. You can make every moment more at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and threes drain. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine bets for a bigger chance at bigger payouts with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA and the Locked On Podcast Network. You are listening to Locked On NHL. We're a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. And I say this all the time, but this is the time of year that you have to be dialed in and subscribe to every Locked On show because it's local experts on the biggest story. So if the Washington Capitals do what I think they could do at the draft, you're going to want to go check out Locked On Capitals. If you want to learn or hear about the Vegas uh, parade complete gong show go check out locked on vegas golden knights you're never too far away from all the information in bite-sized packages. all episodes around 30 minutes long so go subscribe to all your favorite locked on shows on youtube and wherever you get your podcast shout out to the everydayers out there that make us there first listen each and every single day so trade season is here i'm not a homer by saying that alex to it's the biggest name on the trade market right now am i uh, no, I think he probably, well, it depends if you think one of the core four players of the Maple Leafs is going to get dealt. I mean, I would put Mitch Marner or, or William Nylander ahead of Debrinket, but he certainly is, uh, if you are excluding those guys, which kind of sounds like they're not, they don't want to trade them. Yeah. I think Debrinket certainly, uh, the, the next best name out there. And it just feels like that Brad Tree Living's probably going to want to know 
these guys a little bit more, get to know them in person. Like, I don't think that's a drafting trade. I think if anything, those guys would be more of like a, like Matthew Kachuk, Brad tree living was the guy who traded him. That was like end of July on a random Friday night. Like, I think it would be later on in the summer because you're looking to make a hockey trade there. Whereas yeah. as I mentioned before the break, it sounds like a pick is going to be involved in the Debrinket trade, which pushes it towards the draft. Plus the qualifying offer arbitration, all these other things play into it. I think Debrinket will be traded by the draft. Yeah. Debrinket makes sense. And, and I think uh, it's been reported that he's even submitted like a list of teams that he'd be willing to go to and extend with similarly the to the Kachuk, uh, the Kachuk situation. What was that? You want the list? Yeah, let's hear it. I got the list here and shout out to uh, Bruce Garriock with the Ottawa sun. Obviously he's been all over that. The rumored list includes the Dallas stars, the Nashville predators, the Florida Panthers, the Vegas golden Knights and the Detroit red wings. Of course, uh, one is not like the others that yeah. be the red wings, but that's of course his hometown team. So makes sense that they'd be on the list. So I would what, say what, about, have, what those four other teams have in common besides the sun no state tax oh interesting they all are they are also all in the united states which sounds like uh is a part of this and of course this is all coming from bruce garyock who's pretty dialed in now steve warren with the hockey news then kind of said no 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 to bring it uh, his sources were saying that are co- close to bring it he doesn't mind living in canada he he likes the team he likes the coach all that but it all comes down, I mean, as well, with a bit of the payment structure of the way the Sens have right now. They've got a lot of players in that $8 million range. It just seems like scoring might not be the issue. You could almost replace Debrinket's offense with Josh Norris, who's coming back from injury. And they really has nothing in goal right now. Like, you need a goalie. You need a goalie. You need a goalie. So Which It's so funny. I mean, not to dog on Eugene Melnick, RIP, soon-to-be former uh, owner family owner i guess of the ottawa senators but do you remember the comment that he made about the maple leafs rebuild way back in the day what about forgetting about defense yeah what exactly did the ottawa senators forget about i don't think they have i'd say they've got no no i know they got some good prospects coming but like you you look at the structure they gave all the money to the forwards right okay yeah yeah from that standpoint that's fair but like because that was a conversation about the core four well, right. yeah, my, my favorite part of that is is how the Sens hired the Leafs defensive assistant coach as their head coach right after Melnick said that. Yeah, that, that's the funniest part. It's like, hey, you you don't want to forget about defense like the Leafs. Hey, that guy who coaches the defense, he should be our head coach. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, that is it. It happened. That guy did a lot of interesting things. But, but hey, uh, so where would you put the Sens top four D decor right now in the league? Because I say okay. they're around ten. I would have to take a deeper dive look into what they got going, but I wouldn't say top 10. I mean, they got Jake Sanderson, I guess, adding Chickering. They added Chickering and Sanderson. And Artem Zub. Uh, uh, maybe yeah uh, maybe we'll see we'll see i'd have to take a deeper dive that's that's a locked on sense conversation for you and i to have in the future Sounds good. We will have that. So beyond to who I think, and everyone's kind of circling what Kevin Fiala got last year because Fiala extended right away in LA. They got a blue chip prospect, but a prospect who was taken in the second round, Brock Faber, but then who really kind of accelerated was the captain at Minnesota. He jumped into the NHL and played well at the end of this year and a mid first round pick. What, I think uh, that's what you're going to get. 
what do this what do the the Red Wings have in terms of draft capital? Do they have have uh they have the seventeenth overall pick, which they got in the uh Heronic trade from oh, Vegas. Right, the Islanders. Originally the Bo Horvat pick from the Islanders. So you're thinking like seventeen plus a blue chip prospect would be kinda where they might be at at this yeah, point. I would hope that you have a rivalry tax if you're going to trade them in the division, because they do still control that. I would probably hope that if it's Florida, I don't, what assets to Florida? Why am I hearing Florida's name involved in Eric Carlson? Or they have no money or, or anything. I don't know. I mean, maybe Bobrovsky somehow added some value to his name and could be another trade candidate at some point. Like we could throw him into the mix in this list that we're talking about right now. Do you think that Bobrovsky, what we saw him do, over the course of these playoffs, like, is there a team that rolls the dice there and says, you know what, there is a good goalie in here? I mean, let's let's rolls see if he dice. can do it again next year. Rolls the dice, dude. You're playing roulette. You have a 1-33 in 33 chance because you're looking at a guy who's got three seasons left at $10 million. But- I know. I know. Well, there, I'd assume there'd be retention there, but yeah. Full no movement right now, modified no trade clause starting next year. So maybe that's when. And then his salary dips. I mean, the cap is still atrocious, but you're only giving him 6.5 and 6 in real money in the last two years of the deal. Still $10 million this year. However, $5 million will be paid out on July 1st as a signing bonus. So that's an interesting one. Hey, before we move off trade candidates, because I didn't want to hijack this and make it a Senators segment, even though Debrinket is probably the most imminent and the biggest name on the move. The Philadelphia Flyers just unveiled their new jerseys. They look sharp. They've got the long sleeve now like they did before, like the long stripe down the sleeve, looking like Dave Bullitt's going to come out in in, uh, Cooperalls and and rip around out there. That's kind of the era that we're going for, right before you know Eric Lindros, all that. But what was really interesting in tinfoil hat season, the players they had modeling the jerseys, we're not. Are you looking at them for the first time? What do you think? I am. I am looking at them for the first time. I like them. Yeah, they're I sharp. Are, uh, I, I think they're pretty sharp, actually. I, I've always kind of liked the color scheme of the of the Flyers. It's just three colors that go well together. Yeah, gritty colors, eh? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it was like Joel, Joel Farabee, Travis Sanheim, and Nicholas Delorier were the three guys modeling the jerseys. Are you reading between the lines here? I know that Scott Lawton's name has been in the trade rumor mill. There's no question about that. Carter Hart as well. But Konechny, Travis Konechny is kind of the the X factor in all this because he's probably the most valuable of those three players. Well, what about Kevin Hayes too? No Kevin Hayes involved in there. He's the one who's making some decent money. Yeah, I think this is going to be one of the more uh, busy teams this offseason. Like I I said this literally a year ago, and I turned out to be correct, not to, to pat myself on the back too much, but I said Philly's going through the exact same thing last year. I said this, going through the exact same offseason that Chicago did the year before. Remember Chicago? They traded for Seth Jones trying to keep that team alive for a little bit and they made a couple other signings and moves to see if they could try and keep at it and they just didn't and eventually this year they said okay we suck last year they decided to tear it down trade all their guys they were trading four players picking up picks and prospects and now they're completely gutted and rebuild i think that this year is the realization for the philadelphia flyers okay 
we suck. We we gotta do this full gut rebuild. Lawton, see what you can what we can get for him. Konechny, maybe even Carter Hart has been out there. Uh, Kevin Hayes is making a lot of money. See if there's some interest in in a guy like that. They already traded away Ivan Provorov. Like I think that the Philadelphia Flyers might be one of the most busiest teams uh, this offseason when it comes to to trade movement. I truly believe it. I think there's some other guys that potentially could be. Um, on the move there that we we haven't even thought about. But I think that Philly is definitely a, a team to watch when we're talking about uh, talking about trades within the NHL. And it's hard to predict how exactly they're going to move. We know they got picks and a decent prospect, actually, um, in that trade. Helia Grands in the Provorov three-way trade. But with Daniel Briere and Keith Jones at the helm now, it's just a different vibe around that team. The one thing's for sure. Torts definitely has his say in this and he'll have his fingerprints on whatever moves are made. But uh, I think it's going to be really interesting because I think Briere, obviously he knows what it's like to be kind of an undersized player in the league. And he's seen that they can have success. And that's something that I feel like the flyers kind of shied away from in the past. They always want that big rugged mentality and not that they've completely gone away from it even recently, but I'm curious to see how Daniel Briere is going to put his fingerprints on this team as well, because uh, there's certainly a few pieces that they should get some value back for. Oh, absolutely. It would go against the grain of what many people thought, you know, what would be considered the copycat after Vegas wins the Stanley Cup. If he goes against the grain and goes a little smaller, um, that that's not what I anticipate. I expect for teams to, to try and beef up a little bit, not obviously go out and get goons. Like, I don't think that uh, Zach Cassian is going to be, you know, getting multiple suitors at big money, big term deals or anything but I think that he's the type of guy who probably will, you know, latch on to some teams and, and some other players who can still play. They got some, they got some skill, but they also got jams some speed and, you know, are just a little bit of a bigger body that can lean on dudes and, and withstand playoff hockey. Let us know in the comments, who do you like from the Philadelphia Flyers for your team? Who are you calling them and saying, let's get a deal done right now. Coming up next, let's talk some NHL draft quickly because the next time Mike and I talk, Unlocked on NHL next Wednesday. It will be draft day. So we're going to make sure we record on Tuesday for you. Have that in nice and early on Wednesday morning. Get you all the latest rumors. And Mike, my favorite, my favorite part of the draft is how all the teams get there like three or four days before. And the biggest rumors are who's taking who out for dinner. That's my favorite. It's like, oh, they're going to draft. They took him out for dinner. You know, they they bought him that steak. You know, he ordered it medium rare. He could be a pick. Yeah, I mean, like the it, it the rumors that go on the first like the three days prior to the draft are just insane, absolutely insane. So uh, we'll we'll learn a little bit, I suppose, and we'll be able to chat a little bit about that. But it's gonna be a fun draft. Like I think there's gonna be a lot of player movement, a lot of trade movement, and um, I think the draft is is one of the best places to do that. Kind of it's it's the kickoff to the off season, and I think it's gonna be a busy one. So I, I'm excited for that. That's for let's sure. get let's get to that conversation next. You're listening to Locked On NHL. All right, you're listening to Locked On NHL, your team every day. Shout out to the everydayers out there that join us not only on the national show here on Locked On NHL, but also all over the Locked On Podcast Network, where we have your team every day, local experts on the biggest stories. Come check us out at Locked On Senators. Tons of draft content for you there. And at Locked On Leafs, man, 
some big decisions to be made under new GM Brad Tree Living. So all that is down the pipeline, but we also have the NHL draft. Mike, are you ready for my hot take of this NHL draft? I am. I am. Is it the one that you kind of teased a little earlier? Because I feel like I know where you're going with that, Ooh, but I am excited to hear. No, let's play trivia time. Let's play trivia time. What uh, or guessing game? What, what do you think I'm going for? Well, you mentioned the Washington Capitals. You said you had something to talk about when we got to the draft section. We were talking about Anthony Mantha as a potential bio candidate. There are rumblings that apparently uh, a very talented prospect by the name of Matvey Mitchkov might be trying to angle himself to Washington. And if that happens, he might be able to get out of his KHL contract. Am I along the lines of what your hot take was going to be? Ding, 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 ding. And I thought I was completely crazy, but I've talked to two people now who have uh, more inside contacts than I. Let's put it at least lightly that way. And they say that is not a surprise at all. And that if Matt Bay Michkov is drafted to the Washington Capitals, they almost guarantee he will be in their opening night lineup next season, wow. but maybe even this year. Yeah. So that would be wild. And honestly, Ovechkin should retire, get get two numbers retired if that's the case. <laughs> He's already gotten the even eight. Retire eight and eighty-eight. Nobody can ever wear the number eight ever again. Not in any fashion. Eight or eighty-eight. Retire that number if he has that type of pull. No doubt. One phone call because Moroshnashenko, their first-round pick last year, late first-round pick, got out of his KHL contract magically. Poof, was just gone. Able to come over at the end of this season. That would be wild. And we know that the Russian, um, let's say, leadership over there. They want, they will take great pride in Alex Ovechkin breaking the all-time goals record. And if they think this kid can help him, I don't see them standing in the way. So the question is, so the Capitals currently sit at number eight. I don't expect for Matt Vemichkov to get to number eight. I mean, he's a top three prospect in terms of talent. I don't think there's much, uh, much debate you can give, but given the contract status and that he won't help you for, you know, two or three years, Three years you know, left on this deal. Yeah, three years left. So he won't even get into the NHL until, what, 26, 27? Is that the year that yeah, – yeah, exactly. So for that it's reason – One million by then. 100%. 100% it will. And for that reason, <laughs> there's a strong chance that he could drop a little bit. But I just – I don't see him dropping all the way down to eight where Washington currently picks. So they're probably going to have to move up. Like, where do you think – they would have to move up to to make sure that they do solidify Matvey Mitchkov. Like we're looking at the draft board now. Uh, you've got obviously number one, Chicago, Ducks pick second, the Jackets pick third, the Sharks fourth, the Habs fifth. You've got uh, the sixth are the Arizona Coyotes, and then seventh is the Philadelphia Flyers. Where do you think they would have to move up to to ensure that they get themselves this kid? I think five preferably but maybe even seven because the arizona coyotes are not taking him why wouldn't the sharks take him i think the sharks could take him and i think they should so why so you would think you would have to get up to four yeah you might have to get up to four like the sharks i I think it starts at four i think the first three probably bedard fantilli 
And then you probably, I think Columbus is more win now with the moves that they've made. They need a center. So I think they probably go Leo Carlson at number three. And then I think Matt Vamichkov starts getting into that conversation where it'd be tough, tough to let him walk at four. So if I am the the Capitals, that's kind of where I'm trying to get to is is the number four pick and the San Jose Sharks to ensure that I get my guy. And that would be a very, very valuable trade because the Sharks would know exactly what Washington's doing, right? You're not going to come in and sneak in and be like, oh, we might take someone. They'll still be a good player for you yeah. at number eight. Like they know exactly what's going on here. Anyone, if, if he gets to eight somehow, some way, you know how mad I'll maybe six because I think Chicago will be okay. Uh, but the other six teams who drafted ahead, you know how mad they're going to be if this kid comes over right away? Well, I mean, they if 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 they know it's going to happen, I mean, the only way to block it is to draft them. So yeah. that could be strategic too, right? Not let that happen. I love it. I, love I, it. I could see any of those teams realistically from four through seven drafting him. So yeah, if I was Washington and, and, and if I had the assurance, you would have to have 100% assurance that this could happen before you make that type of move. Um, well, maybe not. I mean, he would also be like a really, really good, you know, okay, Ovechkin, he's done, retired. Now we go into Matt Michkov in, in three years. That'd be, you know, a decent little passing of the torch by Russian to Russian. But um, for sure, I, I, I would think that you'd have to move up to get it done. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. The the old saying, I know Elliot Friedman says it all the time on, on 32 Thoughts. He got, got it from Isaiah Thomas is that, Never believe anything around draft time because no. everybody is throwing smoke screens. Everyone's trying to distract, but that one just makes too much sense in my pea brain. So it's probably already been thought out and figured out how to be blocked. But the top end of this draft, like after number one, like even after number one, it's it's complete crapshoot because you're hearing that Anaheim's listening to offers for number two, and it's just it's going to be awesome. And we're lucky to have local experts on every single market. They've got the pulse. We got the mock drafts coming out locked on centers. We got a mock draft with special guests. That's going to be about five hours long that in the description, I'm going to have each pick and each player. So you can jump through however you want, but we had fun with that. It caught storm on the algorithm last year. So I'm all in for the draft this year and cannot wait to see not only Bedard, my other hot take that would be so cool that I don't think is going to happen, but would be so cool is if Chicago used their 19th pick, and traded whatever else it took to move up and get Bedard and Michkov would be crazy. But uh, I don't think it's likely at all. But uh, lots of teams have first-round picks. The Leafs as well. Hey, you guys moved into the first still with that Washington trade for Rasmus and yep. So you guys will be all over that. And, hey, it's going to be a great night. Ch- take, a, uh, take a subscription for free for Locked On NHL because we're going to have a clipping station on, on draft night. Right when a team makes a pick, we come in there, bang, video comes up right away for you. An immediate reaction on each pick in the first round of the NHL draft. Next time we chat with you will be draft day. Mike, any final thoughts before we go? Just looking. FanDuel also has odds on the draft. You can bet on the draft as well. Currently, Fantilli is the odds-on favorite to go number two at minus 650. Carlson odds on favor to go number third overall at minus 170. And then it opens up after that at number four. So Matt V. Michkov is plus 320. He's the third option to go number fourth overall, potentially at the number four overall selection. So uh, if you want to make some wagers on the draft, you can also do that 
from our friends over at FanDuel. So go check them out at FanDuel. It's official sports book of Locked On. For today, we say goodbye. Go check out Mike for, or at Locked On Leafs for more. You can check us out at Locked On Senators. But for today, we say goodbye as we pass the torch to Chris and Adam for power rankings on Thursday, every Thursday on Locked On NHL. We're a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.